Welcome to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast. It's open mic night for sketch. We cold read comedy sketches, then discuss how they were written. Here to host the show, I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. With us in the writer's room, I'm Keely Anastasia. I'm Keith Estrella. I'm Tyler Chick. And this week's episode, we get real personal info and don't know how to use it. Then there's an improper grocery store item etiquette we learn about. Finally, it's all done for science. Then join us on the Rift Plane with Lisa and Keely. And stick around to the end for a fun writing prompt to inspire your own writing. With us on the podcast today. Lisa Weitzman, she, her. Michaela Oliverio, she, her. Sam Whitney, she, her. All right, everybody. What's up? You ready to goof? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart's wow. a pumping. Yeah, we're ready to goof. You got what? Uh, was that sarcasm, Keith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't mean it to be that, his voice, but it just sounded like we were very uh, 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 blase. You just literally no butted me, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the spirit of improv, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I was named the the frame and fool. Everything else is uh, secondary. <laughs> you got a yes and until you agree on a reality before you frame. <laughs> Yeah, not this guy. I'm the frame fool. He frames right <laughs> out the bat. Yeah, that's the way I do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My unusual perspective is that I frame everything. <laughs> well, I think I convinced my husband to um, leave the room behind me. I said, "You don't want to. You don't want to hear me on." <laughs> you know, my perspective on, or just my voice from Sketchy Sketch. Why don't you go in the other room? Put your headphones on. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to ruin anything yeah. for him either. You exactly. Want him to get the right. full effect. Yeah. Oops. That's right. Mm-mm. I don't want to be surprised. Nope. Yeah. Keith, do you want to restate what Lisa said as if it's ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> what you made your husband leave the room and put on headphones? Well, yeah, you're framing full. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, That's framing, so framed weird. with your tone. What a framer! What an unusual thing. Please, <laughs> <laughs> I have you say that in every scene I've scored. The framer has become the framed. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you guys want to do a sketch? Yeah, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Our first sketch tonight is titled Dry, written by Harrison Merck. Rita will be played by Lisa Weitzman. Sky will be played by Michaela Oliverio. Stan will be played by Keithy. And Dan will be played by Tyler Chick. Exterior driveway day. A car turns into the driveway. Rita, 50 she, her, and Dan, 50 he, him, open the door to the home, wave excitedly, and rush towards the car. Ooh, Sky! <laughs> Sky, 20 she, her, and Stan, 20 see him, get out of the car. Rita and Dan come over and hug him up good. Nice to meet you, Stan. <laughs> oh, you too. A beautiful house. Rita, so, so nice to meet you. Stan and Rita hug. He takes a moment and looks at her. How are you? Oh, great. Now, how was the drive? I'm so sorry to hear you're having trouble lubricating yourself. Rita looks to Sky, then back to Stan. 
I okay. So I made rosemary cookies and we're doing pork roast. And Thank you, Mom. I made up the guest room for you, too. We stuffed Ricky and he's in there with you. Oh, Sky and Dan hug. It's about Ricky. I'm sorry about the lubricant. The hug stops and everyone pauses. Please stop saying. Wait, uh, I'm not. I'm double sorry. I'm sorry about the fact that you're having trouble making your own lubricant. But then the second sorry I said was for it being the first thing I said when I met you and that I said it the way I did. Everyone stares at Stan. I'm a normal guy. I I care about. All righty, gang. It's all right. Hey, Google Photos made a slideshow of our Bermuda trip. Everyone stands around Dan's phone as as the slideshow starts. Oh, there's a big, big pig. Oh, you guys did a ghost tour? Stan grabs the phone and holds it up against himself. (laughs) No more Bermuda. I'm sorry. I know what I said probably came off as disingenuous or as a joke, but I promise I wasn't joking. I wouldn't joke about lubricant. Sex is important to talk about openly. It helps us shed our shame around a natural human desire. And my favorite part about sex is when it's wet. (laughs) So I feel very bad that your sex that you've been having is... Sky, I hate this. Stan takes a big, (laughs) deep breath in and out. Sex that you've been having is dry. Sincerely. Sky, is this guy some kind of weirdo? (laughs) Is he a, a joke weirdo? That's what I'm trying to say, is that I'm not a weirdo. I'm a regular guy who just got too worked up about how your wife can't make herself any natural lubricant anymore because my favorite part about sex is when it's natural wet and I'm dating your daughter. On the drive here, things were going well, but then we switched to sky driving and the vibe totally tanked. So as a way to break the silence, Sky opened up to me about the fact that Reed has been having some trouble getting wet. So then I freaked out because... Is that going to happen to Sky? Sky, why would you tell him I can't? I'm sorry. Uh, don't get mad at Sky. It was a way to wake. It was a way to break a weird silence. Stan pulls out an engagement ring. <laughs> I was going to ask you for your permission to betroth myself to your wet daughter this weekend. So that's why I spiraled so much, and why I had to say something about the lubricant. Right when I got here. This isn't me being a joke weirdo. I'm a normal guy. Long beat. I made a charcuterie board that. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> no. Don't deflect with hosting anymore. <laughs> he deserves to know the truth. I used to make lots and lots of lubricant. Rita joins hands with Dan and Sky. Before Sky was born, Dan and I had plastic on our mattress. Dan loved it. So did I. We all loved it. We understand you loving it. <laughs> Ever since our dog Ricky died and we stopped him, I went to a doctor and the doctor said... Uh, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Silence. The family starts to cry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a joke, weirdo. 
I did it. <laughs> I played the long game and I made a monkeys on the bed joke. I dated Sky and bought a ring and did all this lube talk because I wanted to make the weirdest little joke I could. You almost had me, Dan. You almost got me. <laughs> Joe had no idea how weird I could get. Making a joke about a kid's rhyme in the middle of something serious. Well, I have no shame. No remorse. That's the kind of jokes I like. Stan laughs crazy. <laughs> Rita squeezes Dan's hands and laughs. <laughs> it's happening. I'm getting wet. I'm so wet. I like this kind of joke too. Rita laughs. Stan reels. Everyone looks at each other. Yes. I'll marry you. <laughs> Let's talk about that So a few years ago, uh, I was I would spend every evening doing improv or coaching it. And uh, there was a time when I talked a lot about how my favorite framing move is acting as if what was just said was a joke like giving someone the opportunity to sort of like say their unusual thing, like was a joke. And so I was thinking I wanted to write a sketch where someone was trying to hide the fact that they did have a weird sense of humor and that was their unusual thing, but we didn't find out until later because they were covering it with something else. Uh, Basically that like process of wanting to do that turned into this. This just felt like the right place for it. I don't know (laughs) what else to say. It was, uh, Uh, oh my God. An idea for a sketch that was like totally in my head about like the format of the sketch, and then it it turned into this this madness. So yeah, that's where it came from. Um, I love the idea of a joke weirdo, and that that specific term is repeated numerous times. Because <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I mean, I do now a little bit. It makes me very. Um, I don't know, happy and joyous to think that there would be somebody out there that's like, I am a joke weirdo. Uh, yeah, I love how you you framed the whole how he found out about the lubricant in this totally awkward situation and then used it. And, and you did it so succinctly in that one line about how he learned about it in the car and why he learned about it in the car because to break this awkward silence, there's just this piling of framing. That's just really fun. Um, justification for why he knows this very intimate deep detail about his future mother-in-law. I like the way you said that a lot. I want to have him say, wait, let me say how I found out about the lubricant now. <laughs> Stan is surprisingly like self-aware. Um, especially like at the top of page two, when he's like apologizing about that that she's having trouble making lubricant, but then also sorry that that was the first thing that he said when he met her. Like he knows that that he's being weird, but yeah. also he doesn't care because he's like really convinced that like this is something that they need to talk about. <laughs> and he's being a joke weirdo. Like, yeah, like <laughs> we just don't the, know it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this is structured pretty perfectly, and everyone has things to do and there's so many specifics i just i don't even know what to add i i think this is really really fun um i love that it's heightened along the lines as if it is reality so then the i feel like that makes the turn hit that much harder 
because you didn't heighten it as, as if he's a joke weirdo. You heightened it as if he was being sincere. Uh, and then the so that the reveal is uh, just recontextualizes everything. And it's very masterful, in my opinion. Um, I do love um, all of Dan's beats of all the different angles of hosting that he is deflecting to, but I do kind of want all of them to be him like making a charcuterie board. Just mentioning the charcuterie board every day. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a host. <laughs> I found this brie at the Bruno Brothers. It's a, we haven't had it before, but <laughs> <laughs> they had old crock at Giant. They never have old crock at Giant. <laughs> the honey is infused. <laughs> <laughs> They say this is a stone ground mustard. I don't know what the difference is or the way you grind it, but uh, it's a live edge oak board I got. I picked up at a state sale last <laughs> year. Yeah. Yeah. You can see there's a, there's a little uh, maple star cut in right where Harrisburg is to denote the capital. Yeah. It's just for fun. <laughs> My buddy Jeff turned me on to these. He said some of the inlay in these charcuterie boards is pretty intricate. So I said, I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> He's an old geography teacher, too. <laughs> he thinks everybody should know their maps. And he said the star is right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> maps and meats. Jeff loves them. <laughs> I was going to ask you for your permission to betroth myself to your wet daughter this weekend. Our next sketch today is titled Peachy, written by Sam Whitney. Peachy will be played by Michaela Oliverio. Frank will be played by Keithy. Salty Cracker will be played by Tyler Chick. And Carrie will be played by Amy D. Interior plastic bag day. A hand places peachy, peach, Frank, bratwurst, and salty cracker, a box of saltines into a plastic grocery bag. Well, I declare, I never imagined being in a bag with the likes of you two. My name's Peachy. What are your names? They call me Salty Cracker. <laughs> Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, my name is Frank. <laughs> this should never have happened. Fruit and meat should never be in the same bag together. I've heard about this happening before, and the result was tragic. Oh, my stars. What happened? A hot dog and a plum tried to run off with each other. Their mummified remains were found under the minivan passenger seat. I'm going to make sure that never happens again. The bag suddenly moves, making everyone tumble together. Peachy tumbles against Frank. Oh, oh I, I'm sorry, Peachy. Are you okay? Oh, uh, um, yes, I'm okay. Are you okay? <laughs> I've, uh, I've never been better. Uh, I'm next to the most beautiful peach I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, Frank, you're so tall and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Cut it out, you two. The bag settles on the flat surface and everyone changes position. Peachy and Frank are still next to each other and Salty Cracker is now above them, half out of the bag. Uh, I think we're in a car. 
Oh no, I think we're starting to move. Uh, Salty, can you see anything? Yep, we are in a car. I've, we're going to our final destination. I've been waiting for this moment for a year. I'm not ready to be eaten. Uh, me either. I want to spend my time with you, Peachy. We are too young to die. You two don't know what your purpose is, do you? It's not to fall in love or travel the world. It's to be consumed by humans. I want to be consumed by Frank. I want to rub my fuzzy body against his semi-hard, smooth exterior. It's forbidden. <laughs> You're not my daddy. You can't tell me what to do. I don't even have a daddy. Fine. What would your mother think? She knows not all her children make it to the grocery store. She's fine with it. Now, she probably doesn't even miss me. And what about you, Frank? What would your parents think? I never knew my parents. Some of my parents were cows and some of them were pigs. <laughs> so you're like a Frankenstein? No, I'm not like Frankenstein. I'm not made of decayed meat sewn together to look like a human. What about you, Salty? Who were your parents? My parents were good white flower and salt of the earth types. They believed in fulfilling their duties. I was made to last years, and I don't believe in ridiculous flirtations. Frank and I won't last years. We want to live in the moment. <laughs> you know, Frank, you could learn a thing or two from your cousin Slim Jim. He was tall and good looking. He could have dated anybody, but he didn't. He fulfilled his duty and he was happy to do so. I'm not my cousin. I don't believe in smoking to live a longer life. It makes your skin wrinkly. I like to be wrinkle free. Peachy likes younger guys that are her age. You two are insufferable. We're destined to be together. All of a sudden, the car hits a bump and Salty Cracker falls out of the plastic bag and onto the car floor. Peachy and Frank are still in the bag. <laughs> Frank, we're alone. Just because I'm out of the bag doesn't mean I can't hear you two. <laughs> oh, Frank, I am so juicy and rap. I'm so ready for you. <laughs> I'm about to burst out of skin. Oh, oh, Frank! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Exterior trunk car day. Carrie opens the trunk of her car and picks up the plastic bag with Frank and Peachy. Ew, gross! My peach, it's all slimy. <laughs> store everybody kind of makes this like oh this can't be in the same bag as this you know and you're, they're only going like five miles and I thought well that's ridiculous what's the worst that could possibly happen so I just imagine like the you know groceries falling in love and you know whatever so. <laughs> we are meant to be consumed uh, is such a strong justification for the salty cracker and I feel like hearing that earlier I feel like there's you sort of have this like 
this allegory for racism and like segregationism thing like happening with Salty Cracker. There's like a few times where Salty Cracker is like, don't enjoy yourself. We must preserve ourselves to be consumed. And I just love to hear like that as the, it, I think it followed the like the progression follows the justification. I would just like to hear it like earlier and more because I think there's some stuff where I get like, is this segregation or is this about like this cracker wants to fulfill its purpose? Um, so for me, like we're meant to stay pure till con- consumption or like preserve ourselves for consumption is like a great frame for doing both of those things really well. Interior plastic bag day is one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever heard. Uh, I <laughs> I want that. Maybe it should be on the screen, like <laughs> location plastic bag. Day. <laughs> I wonder if you could use that same thought of preservation to make a comment about Peachy being like maybe with the brothers and sisters or a lot of them um, have been canned. You know, that sort of thing. Dried dried or dried or something just to keep that same. I just love Frank's line of, I never knew my parents. Some of my parents were cows and some of them were pigs. But then we hear Frank saying like what? He's like, not like, no, I'm not a Frankenstein. I am not made of decayed meat. So together, blah, blah, blah. Like I, but I would really like him to name like what he thinks he actually is. <laughs> there might even be fruits mixed in to the meat inside the casing here. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> yeah, oh maybe God. he has like a brief existential crisis when he's like, I don't, I don't know what I am. And then he has to be like, it doesn't matter. All we know is that you're meant to be with me. <laughs> it's not what's on the inside that counts. <laughs> yeah. I think Salty Cracker should call out if they make uh food puns. Like like this is the pit. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> a pun's not a justification for sacrilege. You have to preserve yourself. <laughs> for both the mummified remains under the car seat and the like your cousin the Slim Jim, I'd love to know how crackers get information. Uh, like it'd be great to like hear who told this cracker that, right? Like, I heard it through the Food Network. Yeah, Food Network. <laughs> it's not a. It's not just a channel. Yeah. It's a communication system. I'm not making it. <laughs> My friend Cheez Its got brought back to the store. <laughs> you two don't know what your purpose is, do you? All right, our final sketch today is titled What Do You Think? Written by Tyler Chick. Dr. Hopscotch will be played by Keely Anastasia. And Dr. Parcheesi will be played by Kayla Oliverio. Interior Studio Laboratory Set Day. Old synthesizers play happy bleep bloop sequences under the title What Do You Think? It's the late 1970s. Dr. Hopscotch in a lab coat steps into frame to join Dr. Parcheesi in trousers and a tweed jacket with a knitted tie. They are both young British scientists. They stand at a table with sciencey props in front of a projector screen, which displays artwork of a human body in cross-section. Welcome back to our conversation on the science of love with Dr. Vivian Parcheesi. Viv, on the topic of love, what do you think? Their pinkies brush on the table and they jerk their hands apart. 
<laughs> Thank you, Linda. Through careful research, we've determined that love can be distilled into three major categories. A new slide appears with text overlaying the previous image. She uses a pointer stick to touch on each word as she speaks it. Lust, a desire for sexual gratification, is evolutionarily based in a need to reproduce species. Typically, these feelings begin during puberty. Um, both testosterone and estrogen play a role in male and female bodies. Dr. Hopscotch looks at Dr. Parcheesi and makes an involuntary sound of pleasure. Did you say something? Absolutely not. Um, I see here that you consider attraction to be a distinct phenomenon from lust. That's correct. When we experience attraction to another person, the reward pathway of the brain goes into overdrive, releasing high levels of dopamine and noepinephrine, producing feelings of euphoria, decreased appetite, and even insomnia. A reduction in serotonin may explain feelings of infatuation that may arise. Fascinating. So you've determined that, for example, if two scientists worked closely together to, say, produce an episode of an educational television program, and one of them happened to notice the particular way the other chewed on the end of her pencil, and her long, elegant legs, and the swell of her hips as she bent to use a microscope, that would be enough to produce the intense energy and giddiness you're describing here? And not because wherever this scientist goes, she radiates an aura of overwhelming magnetism as if she were Aphrodite made manifest. Linda? <laughs> I'm asking for science. Are you? Yes. Fine. No, as far as I know, there are not auras involved. As powerful and persuasive as these feelings are, they are derived from chemical reactions. A beat. Of course, I was simply asking for the benefit of our viewers. Now I see that there is a third category of love called attachment. Yes, attachment is a major factor in long-term relationships. Oxytocin in particular is often released in large quantities during activities associated with bonding, such as sex, childbirth, and breastfeeding. This is distinct from attraction and creates the feelings we have for good friends and family, as well as committed romantic relationships. I see. How... Intriguing that something so complex as human relationships can be described, at least in part, in chemical terms. It's truly my life's work. And yet, after a lifetime, there will still be more knowledge to be gained. Speaking of work, could oxytocin also be released in a committed work relationship? Say... Two colleagues with a passion for science and educational telly who come to rely on one another as confidants and possibly life partners. Linda! I'm asking for the students watching if two souls can be destined <laughs> to meet at work. Oh my god. Fine, yes, I don't know about soulmates, but it's not unheard of for colleagues to become attached. But it could be something more, right? Linda, we went on one date. It was barely a date. The planetarium is a fantastic first date. We held hands. 
<laughs> and then later at dinner, we had a conversation about how I'm not looking for a relationship right now. And my work comes first. And that you would be the first to know if that ever changed. And you said that was fine and that you valued our working relationship. And I told you I wasn't upset and thanked you for sharing your feelings. Do you remember any of this? Oh, I remember. I would like us to remain friends and colleagues. Is that something you're able to do? A beat. Dr. Hopscotch takes a deep breath in and out. My apologies, Vivian. Got a little mixed up. I just haven't felt that way in some time. And as you say, my feelings for you were quite persuasive. But of course, we can keep things professional. I'm glad. I do value our relationship as it is now. Now, do you have any other questions before we move on? I do, actually. Yes. So, in your studies, is there another hormone that might cause platonic friends who do science together to fall in love? <laughs> Dr. Parcheesi snaps the pointer stick in half. <laughs> I had the idea to do like a, like an old science program. Uh, I just thought that'd be a funny setting for a sketch. And then uh, I thought this would be a fun topic to put in that setting. Originally it was longer. It had like a way longer intro before you even got to this part. So you can imagine how slow the whole thing was uh, and maybe still is. Um, yeah, I just like the idea of doing like a really grounded, like two people with history just interacting on in a non, like personal setting. Yeah, during those longer um, lines of um, Parcheesi, like talking about the actual science behind things, I think maybe it's not too dense if there's like really, um, I don't know. I guess like what what are what do you imagine for like the physicality? Because you know, I'm I'm thinking of you know, there's so many sketches that. I have seen like on SNL where I'm like on paper, if I was reading this, it wouldn't be funny, but like the energy and the like physicalities that characters are bringing behind these sketches, like are just sending me, you know? And so I feel mm -hmm. like if Hopscotch was just like being all sorts of like creepy and like eyeing up Parcheesi while Parcheesi's like spewing all this like intelligent information, like, I mean, the sketch, I mean, it's just over four pages. So it's not like it's incredibly like way too long, but I just think, I don't know. What did you have in mind? Like visually? Yeah, I mean, I think it would end up being a lot of like uh, inserts and close-ups of like, you know, biting a lip or whatever, um, doing something with like playing with hair, doing something with hands, like any kind of anything that, does, that displays like this underlying tension. If you think about children's programs, I don't know, like maybe in the 70s too, but it feels like people are always doing like visual experiments that don't really have a ton to do with what's going on but just to like like i feel like every kid's science show has like a balloon that gets blown up as a way to like show <laughs> something like goes into something and builds up you know like or <laughs> yeah. filling up like two like a green and a blue and it's now it's like a different oh, color together you know like that's such I a good like side game if they have like just dumb physical versions of what they're explaining in front of them. They might have like more opportunities to touch each other's hands and stuff. Even hopscotch, like maybe like 
pushing a pencil off the table or something. So Pertubi has to like bend over and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like turning, turning like, uh, like a hot plate that has like a beaker on it, like all the way up and being like, wow, it's so hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice how hot it is? <laughs> I did turn the hot plate up, but just to, so it would boil and we could talk about the effects of norepinephrine on the endocrine system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when hopscotch makes the sound, uh, when they're talking about lust, it could be accompanied with like turning on a Bunsen burner all the way. So like a flame. Yeah. Goes <laughs> yeah. I feel just like, like Parcheesi keeps trying to be like, Linda, the show, the children's program. And I think an interesting way to like point that out would either to just be like, like say hopscotch in a way that reminds her that that's like not her real last name. <laughs> like, or like say like, Dr. Hopscotch, that's not, why do you think we're, I'm Dr. Parcheesi and you're Dr. Hopscotch right now? Like, <laughs> It's a children's show. <laughs> that's like that's like her fantasy, right? Yeah. Been like confusing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say for science example that someone would get more dopamine from the idea of having this conversation in front of uh, an audience <laughs> on a television show. <laughs> Maybe that person never learned to talk to people about intimate questions. Uh, yeah. and to. <laughs> Have some sort of construct to put her feelings into. Also, one of my favorite things about this is when Dr. Hopscotch keeps saying, like, let's just say for science sake. And I think, like, <laughs> never lose that. Like, the more it's like, just uh, and purely for science. <laughs> science is about exploration. So, uh, <laughs> I'm asking for science. Hey, what's that sound? <laughs> oh, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's a plane! It, yes, oh, it is a plane, yeah. yeah. It's a plane! The rift plane! Hey, how are you? It's your conductor and your pilot. What's up? Hey. hey. Nothing? Not okay. Much. That's fine. Not I, much, buddy. You don't have to say anything. Uh, hey, hey Captain. We say Captain. C A P apostrophe N. Captain. Oh, I like the sound of that. Do you like Riff that? Captain. Yeah. Oh, okay. that is house rules. I'm gonna write that down in my right. uh, my uh, cockpit. That's a rule <laughs> that we need to. That's got to be followed every time. <laughs> How are you, passenger Lisa? I'm I'm just fine, Captain. I'm fine. Um, uh, wonderful. I have a ticket. I have a ticket or a boarding pass or what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boarding pass this time. Boarding pass. Let's see it. What do you got? Bloody boogers. <laughs> so kind of a variation. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a variation on the whole bloody Mary, bloody Mary, bloody Mary thing. You know, you say that into a mirror and this evil person appears, but I'm not sure where to go with bloody boogers, obviously. Which is why I'm sharing. Um, but I just had an image of little kids outside on a cold day at recess, you know, and and somebody's like, Oh, Christy has a she has a snotty nose, and she's, then Christy blows her nose, and the kids all go, Bloody boogers, bloody boogers, and then she's afraid to look at her tissue, you know, because if it's 
bloody boogers. It's gonna be bloody, yeah. What's gonna happen? <laughs> so yeah, what is gonna happen? So I like that idea. I think that like speaking to what's giving Christy that fear, like I would love to see kids on the playground and they say bloody boogers and Christy believes in that, but then have Christy like fully describe what would happen to her socially as an elementary schooler if she were to like pull away and there was blood, you know, like where does that embarrassment come from for a child? I think that'd be hilarious. I would also love to see like in a beautiful dark bathroom, like a 60 something adult looking seriously into the, at themselves in the mirror like wiping their face and just going like bloody puckers and then being like struck with fear for like, you know, like 45 seconds working up the courage to say it again. It's like no dialogue to write. It's like, just all three and a half minutes of watching somebody work themselves up to say bloody boogers three times. And then when nothing happens, just crying <laughs> or not <laughs> or not crying and just like waiting and then like a beat and then just like wiping their nose and then just like sniffing and like going yeah. <laughs> and so disappointed yeah. or relieved still got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like i knew ben was lying a liar i'm also thinking of someone who like maybe was told about the bloody boogers thing like as a kid and then like never blew their nose because of it they were afraid of it and now they're in their 60s (laughs) telling their grandchild (laughs) now maybe that that guy's standing in front of the mirror and he's like i'm ready and then he like Blows his nose for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They're with their therapist, like in the bathroom, being like, "You got yeah. this." Yeah. <laughs> and then his, his voice totally changes. Oh, I feel so much better. Oh. Is there still time to board? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Did the gate close? Uh, before, oh, the, before we close? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I said, did the gate close? <laughs> Am I too late to board? Oh, the gate? Uh, no, you're, you're, in fact, you are just in time. Uh, I was thinking about closing, but I was distracted by being just a captain instead of captain. And I was really enjoying that. Uh, slap that bad boy in my palm. And see what's going on. <laughs> okay. Um, so my uh, my boarding pass says um, it's someone who has daddy issues, but they're not so bad that they uh, can have them not walk them down the aisle at their wedding. <laughs> like they're not bad enough to have grounds to be like, you can't walk them down the aisle to your wedding. Medium daddy issues. <laughs> So, yeah. So what if you like get real specific on the daddy issues and they're like, I just didn't like the way he held his fork or like he chews meat with his yeah. mouth open or like stupid little things. <laughs> Be like, you get really specific <laughs> and detailed. Or he's he's kind of dull. <laughs> he never got me a horse. <laughs> he spends too much time in the bathroom every morning. <laughs> <laughs> he's got one of those key 
key rings that's a carabiner and it swings around <laughs> on his belt loop. Yeah, maybe she's already decided she's not going to let him walk her down the aisle. And so she's like, and then she's giving these reasons and her friends are like, no, that is not grounds. Like, this yeah. will ruin your dad's life. Like, yeah, you don't have daddy issues. You have issues with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I love the difference. Uh, the blow could be that she walks down the aisle and we see that the groom looks exactly like her dad. I think that's a good riff. Riff Captain, do you feel like you can get us to a Simon Station? Simon Station? One way. <laughs> Great. Here we go. Whoosh. Sketchies. The assignment this week is 90s Nickelodeon. Yes. That's all I'm giving you. Think about 90s Nickelodeon. It was great. It was huge. <laughs> the characters' games were super defined. <laughs> That's what Harrison thinks of. They loved slime. <laughs> yeah, watch the adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a game. It's a little self-referential, understanding what it is, both for children and adults. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Let's get to Plugport. <clears throat> Plugport, one way. Whoosh, we're here. Sam, you got anything you want to plug? Just uh, maybe eat lots of Slim Jims. I don't know. Oh, cool. <laughs> Slim Jims. <laughs> Thanks, Slim Jims. Uh, Tyler, anything you want to plug? Sketchies, check our website. We're going to be uh, we're going to be adding new uh, short one day workshops uh, in the. Uh, very near future, so keep an eye out for that. Check out our workshops. Jeez. Keely, anything you want to plug? Um, I would like to plug, um, as always, um, a place in the great state of Pennsylvania that I think you should visit and patron. Um, and today that is Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, home of lots of great things like the Hachi Dog. Which is a hot dog at a Greek rest Greek like diner restaurant that has onions and mustard on it, and it is a town staple. And there's a historical marker talking about it right in front of it. Wow! So you can go read about it, or you could go eat one. Um, it's called the Hachi Dog. Um, and Snicker Casket performing improv like you've never oh seen my God, before. You guys for this Saturday of the yes. month. At the Harrisburg Very Improv fun Theater. Ah. Endorsements from Lisa. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I laughed so hard, I had to cross my legs, so I didn't make a spectacle <laughs> of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, you got anything you want to plug? Um, no. Um, yeah, go see Snicker Casket. Elder Prov once <laughs> a month. Um, yeah. Elder We're on the same night conveniently. That's, you can see Lisa and I. That's right. That's Which right. is? Mm. The fourth Saturday of the month at the Harrisburg Improv Theater. Go to oh, hbgimprov.com to check out the full schedule, but go on fourth Saturdays. Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm still plugging that place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sketchies, I'm going to plug our merch store. Check out yeah. Sketchy Sketch Merch. It's season three. You're here with us. What I like when I'm a fan of something is to look at its logo when I drink coffee or when I get changed in the morning. So 
We got shirts and coffee mugs. Also, sketches, you might remember Alfredo, the Ninja Turtle sketch I wrote. It was in season one. I filmed it yesterday, so look for that on shorts. All right, everybody, that's all for us. Thank you to all the participants and to Jeff Powers, the music you've heard. And also a big thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to support the show or check out more that we have to offer, head on over to SketchySketchSketch.com. And while you're there, check out our Patreon. It's the best way to support the show and get exclusive content and merch for yourself. And if you're like, hey, I'm funny, I want to come on the podcast and do that, email us your sketch at SketchySketchPod at gmail.com or fill out the form where you can tell us when you're available and send us your sketch that's on the website. If one of the sketches you've heard really impacted you or you want to give some love to the writer or joke ideas, hit us up on that website where there's a place to do all that. As always, if you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Check us out on socials. Check out our classes. Subscribe. Give us five stars on whatever you're listening on. Well, don't you know that's all for us today, everybody. Have a good day. Have a good day. Goodbye. 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 We're having fun. Thank you very much.